Welcome to the Ambassadors for Christ Outreach Ministries podcast. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. It says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And we're just going to talk through this. I want you all to follow with me in chapter 16 as we move about the scriptures. Um, we're going to talk about the second installment of I'm Marked. And then and we're going to talk about this afternoon staying under the oil, staying under the oil. You may take your seats. It is my prayer uh, that each and every Sunday we come at least with a notebook and paper, uh, or if you're using your phone, that's fine. Uh, but I don't want to be a church that comes to worship just because it's two o'clock, uh, just because we ask you to come. But I want this experience to be one that is life changing. And every week uh, I pray and I ask God to give me a word that speaks directly to you in your situation that can help you understand, that, which is one of our, our models of visions for this year, uh, understand how God works in your life and why things move and happen the way that they do. Uh, so on last week, we spoke about the importance of having a prepared heart. We uncovered that David experienced at least three things while being a shepherd of his father's sheep. We learned that we must be willing to allow God to prepare us privately before uh, he can promote us publicly. David spent the most of his days in the field alone with his father's sheep. He had ample amount of time to be with God without the interference of worldly influence. Then we learned the second point in last week's message that we must become true servants. How many servants do we really have out there? Raise your hand. Uh, Y'all don't like that word. We discovered that uh, that was, uh, uh, as a shepherd, David was, the, his task um, was tending to the sheep. His position was not desirable, neither was it glorious. He had to feed them, he had to protect them, and clean the sheep without compensation. Uh, that's the heart of a true servant. Finally, we learned on last week that we must be willing to wait until we are sent for. If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11, you can throw it up behind me. It says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. There are people in organizations, and we, we, really, we talked about this, there are people in organizations out there that have brought your name up in conversation. They have recognized that you are the only person that can take them to the next level and they are about to send for you. Yes. This moment in your life is important that you not jump at every opportunity just because it pays more money or puts you in a certain status in the eyes of men. God has predestined a place for you in the company of 
a particular group of individuals, and if you are not careful, you'll miss it trying to chase the paper. One of the main things we said on last week is that we as the people need to stop chasing paper and start chasing purpose. Now to further along this thought, uh, the verses, as we move into week number two, I just want to pick up right where we left off. Uh, and, and after David gets anointed to be king and after we realize, uh, as we're realizing that we need to wait until we're sent for, the Bible goes further into this thing, even further to prove the point in verse 14. It says, but the spirit of, a, of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servant, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shall be well. And the scripture says, and Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, watch this. Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing and a mighty valiant warrior or man, a man of war and prudent in matters, and a comely man, and watch this, the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. Now while waiting on God to manifest your divine purpose, as I stated on last week, God will allow for, your, for positions to be created that were designed to move you into position in order to occupy your divine destiny. Prior to these series of events, King Saul did not have a person, a, a musician, a personal musician to assist him in spiritual warfare. Prior to being anointed to be king, David had never set foot in the palace, let alone spend time with royalty. This brings us into this week's lesson, stay under the oil. Remember, no matter how much sociological status you acquire, it only expands your impact of servitude. As we continue to follow alongside David, as he rises through the ranks, if you will, we will realize that the higher he went in his position alongside the king, the more he was required to serve. That ought to bless a few people in here that are true servants. No matter how much you get promoted on your job, that don't mean that you act funny towards people. That don't mean you get the big head and you get pompous in your stature. No, that means God is placing you in a position to serve in a greater capacity. Like David, when you have been anointed with a purpose, sometimes God will cause you to serve those 
whom you were meant to replace. What am I talking about? David was called from the field with the sheep to serve King Saul, the very king that he was anointed to replace. In the scripture, you'll realize when the king was searching for an answer to his spiritual dilemma, one of the servants said, Behold, I was walking in the fields one day on my way to the palace, and I seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing. The guy is good, you know? When he plays, things start to move. He's good with his fingers. You know, he's real a mighty valiant man, a man of war and prudent in matters and a calmly man. He's chill. He's, you know, he ain't all rowdy and crazy. He's, he's somebody you really want to be around. And the Lord is with him. Now, as you look at this scripture, the introduction of David, mind you, David is nowhere to be found. In fact, the palace is all the way over here, and David is in Bethlehem, in the fields, tending to his sheep. The introduction of David to King Saul was one that set the foundation for what was to come in the life of David. King Saul was aware that God desired to anoint another to be king or to take his place, but he did not know that David was the one. David possessed at least four qualifications that the scripture says for the duties he was expected to discharge. These qualifications caused him to conquer or have to conquer at least three areas of his predecessor, the King Saul. The scripture says that David was what? Cunning in playing. Uh-huh. A mighty valiant man, a man of war and prudent in matters, and the Lord was with him. Uh-huh. These four qualities David used to serve a king uh, he was anointed to replace. I wonder on this afternoon how many of us if we're called to serve our, our bosses or our managers on our job and, and God has told you in your spirit that I'm putting you on this job to replace them, how many of you would walk around like you got all, are you like you all that in a bag of chips? All right. I wonder how many of us would act arrogant, how many of us would throw it in our boss's face. Man, I ain't got to listen to you because God sent me here to replace you. How many of you would remind your boss every single day, you ain't got long, my time is coming. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Let's look at them. Uh, uh, Likewise, we can use uh, uh, to serve those whom we were anointed to replace. Let's look at these attributes or qualifications as we also recognize the effect they had on King Saul. The first thing that it says again, that David was a cunning, as well as cunning in playing. In this, David teaches us that we must be willing to conquer their demons. Who are there? The people that God has called us to serve, even though we were called to replace them. We must be willing to conquer their demons, not ours, their demons. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, it says, And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an, an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed. Once David started to play, Saul was refreshed and was well, the scripture says. And the evil spirit departed 
from him. David was hired by King Saul to defeat the evil spirits when they had overtaken him. David was skillful with the harp, but never played for big crowds, nor did he seek to use his skill to woo the socially esteemed. David understood, however, the power of music. He was cunning in playing. He understood how to use his instrument as a weapon in the spiritual realm. If you don't think that there is power in music, you ought to look up Google uh, the effects that music has on the brain of a human. You'll realize that uh, a, a young lady did a study or a, a scientist did a study and she realized that when music hits a certain beat, when, when it hits a certain volume, all the people in the room acts a certain way and it's all the same type of way. That's why when you go to the club and the music is pumping and they say, put your hands in the air, you put your hands in the air and you wave them like you just don't. Oh, they don't do it no more in the club. I'm sorry. I ain't never been no way, so it don't matter. Uh, that's why when they say it's drinks at the bar, last call for alcohol, everybody go running because the music in the atmosphere has has conduced you or, or has seduced you rather uh, to adhere to what is going on around you. That's why when you go in your car and you listen to your favorite song, it does something to you. It ain't necessarily got to be a church song, but, uh, you know, when Earth, Wind, and Fire comes on or when the Osley Brothers come on or, you know, uh, a new edition comes on, y'all just break, y'all forget y'all was at church. Because music has an effect on you. Music can make you do things that you didn't know you could do. Music can cause you to do things that you don't want to do. That's why they make love music. That's why they make violent music. That's why they make peace music. That's why they make God music. Everywhere you go, there is music. When you laugh, when you talk, when you sing, when you sneeze, it's music. It's a tune. Because there is power in music. And David, as a skilled or cunning and playing musician, understood this. All of us have instruments that God has given us that we are skillful at using. Uh -huh. But the success of our stewardship will be predicated upon how we aim to use these instruments. Will it be for our own glory and fame or will it be to lift up the others around us? It saddens me yes. to see our young people use their talents and gifts and God-given abilities to do evil deeds. Yes. Have you ever really sat and thought about how intelligent a drug dealer is? Think about it. And I was talking to Quan about this last week, and it really <laughs> hit me because most successful drug dealers have created a system and a hierarchy. Come on now. One that is predicated upon trust and productivity. Come on now. They have a product. Uh -huh. They have a location. Uh -huh. They have repeat customers. Yeah. They have runners and packers. They have security or lookout men. Uh -huh. And they even have financial departments called counters. <laughs> If you look at the corporate world, it is the same exact thing. Instead of putting our youth in jail and labeling them as nothing, why can't we 
go out to the street and take the time to show them how to turn their talents into success. Yes. A legal and righteous success. Yes, David understood this concept. He never recorded an album. He was never a, a, a number one on the billboard. He never used social media to build a following so that his music can be heard. No, David was skillful and cunning and a player. In fact, David wrote the book of Psalms, which is nothing but a conglomerate of worship songs that are still sung today. Most musicians and artists in the gospel realm that you hear are only taking lyrics from David, and David has been killed and dead a long time ago. But David don't get the credit. David played his harp in the field. This is what he learned. Playing to the sheep. Uh -huh. A group or entity that could not even answer to him. He couldn't get a hallelujah or thank you Jesus if he wanted to. Right. All he got was a few bads. <laughs> he was cunning in playing. Yes, sir. And he, was, he also knew that true greatness reports itself. Uh -huh. Because of his diligence with his craft, David was hired as the personal musician for the king. Yes, sir. He repeatedly, time and time again, as you continue to read through chapter 16, he repeatedly destroyed the evil spirits that had come upon King Saul. Yes, even though he knew that he was anointed to be king. Uh -huh. How many of us, after being anointed to be king, would answer the call to serve our predecessor and take a moment and conquer their demons? Most of us would have been like, brother, them are your problems, them are your issues, you deal with them on your own. All right. How many of us would work under a manager knowing that God has predestined us to take? We ought to, ought to learn from David. David was marked to be king, but called to be a servant. There was indeed no lack of musicians at the court at Gibeon. I, I promise you there was probably hundreds of musicians that were hired by King Saul. I'm sure uh, there were many of them, uh, but this particular situation called for a special kind of musician. Yes, sir. One that knows how to create a heavenly sound with his instrument. One that uh, makes demons tremble when he ministers in music. That's why our praise is so important. This is why I urge each and every one of you to get comfortable with praising God radically. Yeah. It's not enough for you to just hallelujah, amen, when I say give God some praise, but you ought to get radical in your yeah. praise. You ought to move some pews in your praise because here's the fact of the matter. God moved some mountains out of your way so that you can be here on this afternoon to lift up your hands and give God some praise. Yeah. Just like David, you have been anointed to create a certain sound that scares demonic forces. God has given you an instrument that will not only defeat your demons, but also deliver those around you 
from demonic turmoil. Uh -huh. Secondly, David was described by the servants of King Saul as a mighty, valiant man, yes. meaning he was courageous, a man of war. And this David teaches us that we must be willing to conquer their enemies. Uh -huh. Not only are you to conquer their demons, their spiritual demons, but God is also going to call you or put you in a position to conquer their physical enemies. Mm -hmm. Let's skip over to chapter 17, verse 32, 1 Samuel. It says, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant, that it were go again, uh -huh. will go and fight with this Philistine. Not only did David conquer Saul's demons, he also conquered his enemies. All right. David had been going back and forth from the palace, as you read through the scripture, from, from the palace to his father's house, Jesse, to tend the sheep. Now, one day, beginning in chapter 17, his father, Jesse, sends David to the battlefield not to fight because he was not a warrior, but to simply deliver food and resources to his older brothers uh -huh. that had gone on to with King Saul to fight against the Philistine armies. Yes, now, when David arrived on the scene, he noticed that the armies of Israel are scared silent. You can hear a rat pee on cotton <laughs> while a thunderous voice is ringing from the valleys, the voice belonging to the mighty warrior of the Philistine army named Goliath. Uh -huh. The Bible describes Goliath as a giant amongst men. Yes, sir. Goliath would come out every day and talk the armies of Israel to send someone out to fight and no one would go, not even King Saul. So David approaches the battlefield where the Israelites are and he notices what is happening. And to make a long story short, he had to take a visit to the king's tent. And he utters these words found in verse 32. He says, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Here we go again. David is hired by Saul to defeat Goliath when he had nothing to do with this war in the first place. Yeah. We all know the story. Even if you ain't been in church, everybody has heard of David and Goliath. So let it be known that David defeated Goliath and didn't even break a sweat. But what bothered me about the situation is not that he had to go fight, but what happens uh, or stated in verse 55 of chapter 17. It says, and when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. Verse 56 says, and the king said, inquire thou whose son this stripling is. I need you to go find out who this young fella is. Hold up. If David is not angry about this, I know he wasn't there. 
I am because I read it. In the previous chapter, we find out that David was hired to be the personal spiritual musician for the king in order to defeat the evil spirits that came on him daily. Now we see that King Saul doesn't even recognize David. Neither does he even know or remember his name. While waiting for God to bring you into your divine appointment, there are going to be people and entities that you will help along the way. There are going to be lives that are saved by your anointing, yet they will not even remember who you are. This is why it is critical for David to learn how to be a shepherd or servant early on in the passage. Right. Had David got full of himself too early, he probably would have went off on King Saul. Yeah. Bro, how you gonna act like you don't even know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I am the one that sits by your throne every day playing my harp. I mean, I'm getting down on my guitar fighting in the spiritual realm for you and you can't even recognize me when I'm in the room. I mean, David could have completely lost his mind and went upside King Saul's head and told Saul that he was anointed or the anointed one to be king, but David didn't do any of that. Could you imagine working on a job for 10 years, busting your hind parts to help your boss only to find out that they took credit for everything that you came up with? only to find out that they never took the time to learn your name. Could you imagine being married to someone for a long time only to realize that that individual never really took the time to learn who you are, what you like. They can't answer what your favorite color is or what your favorite movie is. David, the scripture says, was mighty, a mighty, valiant man. He was courageous, a man of war. Not only did he know how to fight in the spirit realm, he also knew how to fight in the natural. David understood that he was to be king one day, but he also understood that his kingship comes with enemies. So he took the liberty, while he was not yet king, the liberty of serving King Saul and defeated all of the enemy armies of Saul and Israel. You've got to recognize that when God calls you to conquer the enemies of your predecessors, he's only preparing a way for you to live in peace once you arrive at your divine appointment. So yes, create those systems on your job that makes work easier. Yes, create those trainings that promote efficiency in the workplace. Come on, create or share your ideas regarding product uh, to increase productivity because your work as a servant will only make it easier for you when you become king of your castle. Who cares if your name is not remembered? Who cares if you don't get the credit or if you do get the credit? Who cares if you're popular on your job? When God has marked you for greatness, nothing and no one can prevent you from reaching your divine destiny. Lastly, lastly, David 
was described by the servants uh, of, of King Saul as prudent in matters and devout. In this, David teaches us that we must be willing to conquer their hatred towards us. In chapter 18, if you skip on down to chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he, as, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand, as he always did, as any other time, the scripture says. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. There was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin. For he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. He did it two times. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Now by now, King Saul recognizes that David is the anointed one, handpicked, selected by God himself to replace him as king of Israel. After David is successful in defeating Saul's spiritual enemies as well as his physical enemies, David's fame grew amongst the people of Israel. David was in fact so popular that his reputation overshadowed the fame of King Saul. David was something like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the only basketball player with his own theme song. The scripture explains how the women of the town were singing praises and created a song uh, for David as he returned for battle one day, saying that Saul has killed 10,000, but David has killed tens of thousands. All right. So admittedly so, King Saul was a little jealous yeah. and, and, and grew hatred towards David. Yeah. Verse 9 of chapter 18 says, And Saul eyed or viewed with suspicion and malice, David from that day and forward. So one day the evil spirit came to torment Saul as usual and David was doing his thing on his harp. Uh, the scripture explains that there was a javelin in Saul's hand and Saul got so angry at the fact that David was so good at what he was doing that he threw the javelin at David and David moved out of the way. In fact, he was so mad, he did it again. I don't know if he had another javelin or he told one of his servants to get the thing and bring it back to me. I missed. Let me try it again. And he threw it back at David and David ducked again. There is going to come some times where you are going to have to work or you are going to be working for people that envy you, that fear your anointing and success so much that their hatred for you will cause them to do crazy things. Yes, sir. But because like David, you are prudent in matters, full of wisdom and tact. You see everything and everyone that comes by you. And because you are devout, the, 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 the Lord is with you. You will not be defeated. Right. Sometimes God will put you in places where you will be required to pass the people test. Yes. God has given you the strength to overcome the hatred that others have for you. Yes, they may be smiling in your face and cordial when you're in the room, but behind your back, 
They are plotting and scheming, trying to destroy your reputation, but somebody ought to shout, it won't work because the Lord is with you. Believe this is why, I believe this is why David writes in Psalms 23 and 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Then he goes on in verse 2 of Psalms 27. He says, says uh, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. David had to come to grips with the fact that no matter what comes my way, I must stay under the oil. Because it was the oil that took David from the fields to the feast with Samuel. It was the oil that took David from hired musician to king's armor bearer. It was the oil, the anointing of God, that took David from being armor bearer to mighty warrior. It was the oil that carried David from mighty warrior to captain of the army. And it was, in fact, the oil that took David from captain of the army to king of Israel. David was the ultimate example of servitude, and he remained focused on the oil that was poured on his head back at his father's house on that particular special day. So after allowing God to prepare your heart for what where he is taking you, you must stay under the oil and keep the end goal in the forefront of your mind. Today I may be a musician, but tomorrow will bring me kingship. Today I may be a loyal, loyal, lowly representative in a call center in my company, but tomorrow I'm destined for executive status. Today I may be washing the dishes, but tomorrow I'm destined to be franchise owner. So remember to stay under the oil. God has given you the tools and the instruments and the abilities you need to conquer the demons that torment those around you. Stay under the oil. God has anointed you to conquer those who raise up against you to destroy your reputation. Stay under the oil. Let your victories speak for themselves and let your haters bear witness to your works. Stay under the oil. Stay focused on your purpose even when you are envied by deceitful loved ones. You've been picked out to be picked up. Stay under the oil. Stay faithful on this journey knowing that no matter what life throws at you, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how cloudy and rainy it gets, no matter how hard it becomes to continue to climb, you've got to remember that God is with you. Somebody ought to touch your neighbor say, stay under the oil. Give God a hand praise in this place. We hope that this message has blessed you and can carry you through your week. For more information, visit www.afcoutreach.com. 